Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Show. If you ever wanted to get into commercial property but don't know how to, this is the show for you. We're going to take you through live market updates, how to put a deal together, what the experts say about commercial property and real life investor journeys and how they became financially free through commercial property. Sit back, relax and enjoy the show. You're here with Helen Tarrant and today I'm actually going to talk to you about first right of refusal for your tenant so what exactly is that about it's an it's a clause that you see from time to time in the commercial leases but a lot of people get confused as in exactly what do you do when it comes to a first right of refusal and exactly what is it what is it that you have to do if you want to sell the property and what is it that the tenant has to do and does it affect your relationship with the tenant or the future purchases sometimes the future purchasers are put off by it because they're like well you know if they want to buy and they didn't get to buy it are they going to be disgruntled um should you know is that going to interrupt the relationship and sometimes if it's muddled up then the sale doesn't go through quite right so i'm here to explain to you what first the right refusal is and exactly what to do with it so in order to do that i have to show you on zoom and i have to then take you through a lease and show you the exact steps we have to do so let's go and let's get started so uh let me take you through a lease and show you what the right first right of refusal says and you'll understand how it works and what happens when you are actually the purchaser of this property okay i'm just going to share screens with you and you're about to see a lease so do that you sure all right, great. So this is a lease for a property which is a property in Toowoomba. And the property is pretty much a, a large, a slightly larger warehouse, which is a little pitch roof, and it's divided in the middle and it's got two parts to it. So it's got A and B. So this is 36A. So this is shed two of the actual property. So this is one side and it's gone to a tenant who is a pet crematorium. So pet crematorium, they do pet cremations, pet services. As you can see, there are a lot of the pet uh, services at the moment are really in demand. So what I'm going to take you through is the lease and actually show you specifically that part of the lease. So you can see this is the front page of the lease. It shows you the the length of the lease and then the options afterwards. It shows that it's definitely signed by the lessor and the lessee. Um, it's got all of the the areas of the, the lease, different sections of it. Um, and then it's got the schedule, which I love because, you know, it takes you through to see what it is. It's industrial shed. It started in 2020. It has, you know, November 2023. It's got um, $28,000 per annum plus GST and they do 100% of their proportion of the outgoings. They say half of it, they pay for 50% of it. It's a pet crematorium and it's InvoCare Pet Care Proprietary Limited. So they're actually a national tenant. Um, There's rental increases each year, second term, and also we've got security deposits as well. So we've got CPI. And we've no guarantor under the lease, but we've got who the leasee is. But let's just scroll down to the specific section of the lease I want to show you. And the specific section of the lease is actually right at the bottom of the lease. Um, so this can either be inserted right sort of in the middle of the lease when they talk about rentals and the tenant obligations or the vendor obligations. We've seen it often there. Or it can be right towards the end of the lease. Um, so we're about to take you to right at the end, which is about point twenty four of this lease. 
and uh, we can show you that what this lease is. Oh, yeah. Oh, going too far. Scroll back again. Okay, so here we're at number 24, which is dealings with the land. All right, so dealings with the land talks about the sale transfer or the disposal of the land. I'm just going to increase this so you get to see it. So it's now at 175. I'm going to reshare the screen so that you definitely get to see it. So now you can see sale and transfer of the land, other disposal of the land. Should the lessor, being the vendor, elect to sell, transfer, or otherwise dispose of the land, the leasee will first be given the opportunity to purchase the whole of the land at market value. In that regard, the following provisions will apply. The leasor will, be, will provide written notice to the leasee of the opportunity to purchase, which is to include the proposed sale price for that purchase and an allowance period of 14 days for the leasee to provide a written response to the lessor. So, what happens is say that you uh, the, the vendor wants to sell the property and they have an incoming purchaser who's already agreed on price and pretty much signed the contract. So in this circumstance, the property is getting sold for around $750,000. So um, the they have that agreed already. And remember, they're also not only buying their section, they're buying the whole section, which includes the other side, which they may not want, but because the property is not split up, that comes part and parcel with it. So they may accept it and may reject it. So they need to give them written notice, which gives them 14 days for them to provide a response. Now, once they reply to the response, they have to either accept it at the same price and commit to the purchase. So they accept the 745 and commit to the purchase. Um, they Or they say, look, it's too above market. Um, I want to purchase, but I'm going to purchase um, at market value and nominate, you know, market valuers, a panel three, to go and value it, which obviously would take longer. They can reject the offer by saying, no, we don't want it. Um, so, therefore, then they're free to engage with the current purchaser of the property. So, but if the, the, the tenant, which is a leasee, accepts the price, the the purchase will proceed on a standard REIQ terms and conditions of the sale. So what that means is that it's a standard commercial contract written, written by the Real Estate Institute of Queensland because this property is in Toowoomba, so it's in Queensland, and the settlement will occur 45 days from notice of acceptance of communication with the seller. So once they have that 14 days and they get back to you, they must settle within 45 days after that as well. If the lessee nominates a panel, so if they nominate, if they say the 745 is too high, they're going to nominate a panel of three values to term the market value, then they must within seven days provide acceptance of one of the lease, one of the panels. So you must like as the vendor, you must choose one out of the out of them and say, yes, we'll go with them. Um, the leasee will at their expense, so the tenant will go and engage the value to determine market value. Um, the market value, once it's determined, becomes a binding contract. And then, of course, then it proceeds to the same thing with the RIQ Real Estate Institute, um, uh, Real Estate Institute uh, contract, and then it settles within five, 45 days. However, if the leasee, which is the tenant, 
refuses the offer to purchase, the lessor will be at liberty to sell, transfer, or dispose of the interest in the land to the third party. So basically, it just means that if they reject the value, then they are going to, then you can free to sell it to anybody else. So really, there's a 14-day notice period for the tenant to come back to them. So it's really uh, something formal in writing needs to be done. And then something needs to come back um, within those 14 days after that. Now, um, moving forward from that, uh, normally what happens is if you were selling the property below value, let's say that she wants to transfer the property um, to, a, to her daughter or a family member and she's selling for $500,000 and the market value is $750,000, then, you know, the that may or she may be selling in a really hot market, sell the property for a million when it's really 750. The the uh, the leasee has a right to actually go and get valuers done for that property. So that's that's really they're putting that there as a safeguard. Normally we wouldn't see that clause in a uh, a first right of refusal. Normally we'd just say that the they be they will be presented with the same opportunity as an incoming purchaser and they have the right to accept or reject and they must settle within 45 or sometimes even 30 days of accepting that. Often that clause is done really tightly to make sure that it's equitable for both the incoming purchaser uh, and the, the tenant as well. So that, you know, you don't have the tenant dragging this on for three months and you don't have the incoming purchasers basically waiting around for something like this when they've already committed to the sale. And that's really essentially what happens. So hopefully this makes sense. If you see one of these clauses in the lease, it's nothing to be scared of. You just need to make sure that they've actually done the proper process uh, and that their solicitors have, have started the process or they may have done this uh, with a previous purchaser and the tenant's already done this and given up the right for that. So you need to actually make sure that's all being taken care of before you go down the path and spend a lot of money on um, spending a lot of money on basically uh, getting the valuation out yourself, getting your finance and getting everything else approved because you want to make sure it is a sure sale. It is not a bad clause, but it's definitely something to look out for as you are reading through a lease because lots of tenants actually do want to have the opportunity to purchase their own property um, that they're in if they get a chance to. Uh, and sometimes you have, if we were the incoming purchaser, we would suggest that we add this clause back into any new leases in the future so that if we were to sell or strata or subdivide the property in the future, then that tenant, again, has the right to purchase their side of the business because they may not want to have the whole warehouse, but they may just want their side of the business. So um, hopefully that's been really eventful. Um, join me for other videos where I am going to be sharing with you uh, other things on the different parts of the lease in commercial property. So that now you've seen the video on how to do first right of refusal, you realize that it's actually quite common. So what it actually happens to a lot of leases is you'll find it in, uh, you'll find it in the medical leases. You'll find it in lots of, um, a lot of leases that have, um, national tenants even have that right of uh, purchase. Sometimes it might be a franchisee's a property or sometimes it might actually be a really good tenant who's just starting out who really likes the premises and they've fitted it out, spent a lot of money, but they don't have the money to buy it straight away. But in the future, they would like the option to buy it because they want to make a real go of the business. So that 
is actually a real asset for you if a tenant wants that first right of refusal. It's not always in the leases, but I do see it in probably about 20% of the leases. They're all different in terms of when you need to give notice, uh, how long the tenant has, uh, and when and the type of sale and finance the tenants is allowed and what you're allowed to do. So usually as a vendor going into sale, you would go and approach them first, uh, and then you work through the logistics of how that works. Your solicitor will be able to do most of the work, but it's well, it's good to note this. There's nothing to be scared of if you come across a lease that has that. If it has that, it's, you always ask the agent and you have it in writing that the tenant has either has definitely refused so that clause doesn't exist in the future or you need to find out from your solicitor whether the clause actually supersedes this lease and the tr first lot of sales and that you actually going forward um, uh, have to also honor that as the incoming purchaser. So there is some ins and outs of it, but it's important to know that the base of it is that it's nothing to be scared of. It's actually a really good sign that the tenant have longevity there and they want to be there for the long term. So I hope that's been informative. Uh, just another nuance and not something else that we pick up in our day to day, all part of the experience of dealing with commercial property. And again, if you know you come across some of these lease terms, you come across some of these things, um, make sure you do reach out to us. Ask. We're always here to help you. We're here to help you build a portfolio. Our team is here to help you and succeed in your journey and work out what exactly is the right property for you. So connect with me at helentarrant.com or click below to book in a strategy session or just simply email me at helen at commercialpropertycashflow.com.au. Until next time, keep hunting. You've been listening to Commercial Property Investor Show. Tune in to the next episode to find out how you too can replace your work income with passive income through commercial property.